Hello and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through actionable legal, tax, money, and business topics. I'm Braden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator. If you are ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, you are in the right place. But before we fully dive in, here is a quick word from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by my private podcast, Braden's Besties. Did you know that I created a second podcast? It is exclusive only to members of the Braden's Besties Facebook group. If you have not already joined, go to www.bradensbesties.com where you can get signed up. Once you join the Facebook group, you will get access to a private podcast where I answer your questions from our Facebook group every single Monday. Episodes are five to 10 minutes long, super bite-sized, so you can dive in, get answers to the biggest questions you may have, and that's it, pretty straightforward. So go join the group, bradensbesties.com, and I will see you both here and over there on the Braden's Besties podcast. Well, hello there and welcome back to the podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today I am joined by one of my friends, Carnez Williams, an insurance broker at Carnez Insurance KC. Now, Carnez is a friend of mine from college, an attorney. Well, you never, did you take the, did you take the bar exam? I, you know, I postponed the bar. Um, I won't, I'll never say never, but I just put it off until, you know, um, <laughs> till the umpteenth hour, whenever I decide to take it sometime in the future. Gotcha. But, All right. You know. So I'll call you a law school graduate who's pivoted yes. into insurance. I, I always yep. tell people like when I go out to dinner with my husband's friend and, friend and stuff, he's a prosecutor. So they're like, oh, you're an attorney too. And I usually say, well, like technically, like I took the bar exam. I do, I do still do some like one-on-one legal work, but a lot of what I do is, you know, education-based and I actually mm-hmm. like lean a lot into the tax stuff. So Traditional okay. law practice is awful. Can we just say it's awful? It's like not that fun. It's pretty, it's pretty freaking terrible. Yeah. It's yeah. like stressful and there's a lot of paperwork and like, you know, it can be very sedentary. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure it has its joys as well, but it just wasn't, you know, <laughs> maybe, <something> that... <laughs> maybe, but it, it wasn't really <laughs> in the cards for me. It wasn't okay. seemed like, wasn't really what you were interested as well in either can you tell us a little bit about your background like so you went to law school at indiana which is where we met so i was yeah i was either i can't remember a senior in undergrad or in grad school you were in law school i had a lot of friends who were also in law school what did you do after that so you graduated um yeah moved what was that process like yeah so i graduated um i kind of knew i didn't want to take the bar you know right at that time so you know, kind of moved to Kansas City, looked for some different opportunities. And what I came across was um, my first big job in um, being in an insurance company. So uh, I actually started out with AIG, American International Group, which is the world's largest insurance carrier. Um, And, you know, actually kind of did some quasi-legal work with them, uh, working as a claims analyst, processing professional liability um, claims. So, you know, let's say you were a a, um, nail tech or you were you know, um, an accountant or something, you know, that requires kind of like a business license, you would have purchased a policy with us, a professional liability policy with us. And if you receive like a notice of suit or um, a demand letter, you know, requesting, you know, damages of some kind, you would have sent that over to me. And I would have worked with panel counsel of attorneys to settle and negotiate your case in mediation. 
So nice. that was kind of where I started. And I kind of tried a few different things in insurance and compliance. And um, for the last few years, I've been a broker. So yeah. Gotcha. And, I, and I love it. Yeah, it's interesting that you ma- you mentioned nail tech because when I interned at the, at a plaintiff's firm I worked at in law school, one of the cases actually one of the demand letters I actually helped write was demanding damages from a nail technician for like uh, mm-hmm. some kind of an infection the client supposedly got. So Absolutely, this it kind of stuff. All the time. Yeah, I was like, this kind of stuff happens in real life. If you, I always tell people, if you're in any kind of industry where you have like a physical proximity to your clients, whether you're like touching them, doing their hair, like massaging, all that kind of stuff has a certain degree of liability for sure. Yes. Okay. So when did you decide to start your own business? So you have your own business, Carnez Insurance, Casey, when did that get started? Well, so that's actually kind of just my, um, like my tag, my tagline, you know, on or like Instagram and everything, but my company that I work for is IMA Select. Um, I don't know if you can see it here. IMA, there we go. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> uh, that's the brokerage that I operate out of. Um, but I mean, I kind of function like, you know, like an independent um, broker. Well, I am an independent broker, but I kind of, you know, have my own book of business within the company. So, you know, all the clients that I bring on, whether it's personal insurance, commercial insurance, business insurance, um, it's, it, they're all under, under me as the broker, um, it, within my book of business. So, and I've been doing that, uh, I've been with this carrier or this company, excuse me, for, um, just under a year. Um, so had an opportunity to kind of bring in some, um, you know, bring, bring in, you know, new clients and everything, um, within a very short amount of time. And, and, um, uh, but, but again, mostly it's just, um, you know, it, it, there's the, the brokerage level, which is, you know, the company that, contracts with the carriers, but then I, I sort of have my own book of business within that. So gotcha. Okay. So yeah. for all of those of you listening, we're going to, um, in a few minutes, we're going to get into some specific questions, like some specific insurance questions that I think will be highly relevant to you in your specific industries. But I want to, I want to kind of intro that with more specifics about hin- how insurance actually works. Now, from the outside looking in, this might be, you know, like not the most exciting topic, but it's important information to understand. Insurance is exciting. I mean, I prep. I I also have to preface my tax episodes with like this might not be exciting to some of you, but I am very excited. Uh, yeah, Carnes, can you kind of explain to us what the difference is between an insurance broker and then mm-hmm. let's say like I'm just driving down the street and I see like a State Farm office and I go in right. there. Like you are an insurance uh-huh. broker, so what does that mean? So I'm an independent um, agent. That means I work with any number of different insurance carriers, whether that be on the personal insurance side, you know, home, auto, that sort of thing, um, or on the commercial side, which is, you know, business owner policy, commercial package policies, you know, professional liability, et cetera. I work with, I I take your information, um, you know, we we have you fill out an intake form, uh, you know, have a conversation with you, kind of determine what type of insurance works best for you. And then we shop your um, carrier, we shop your insurance options with um, any number of different carriers, depending on the line of business that you're in um, or, or your insurance needs. So, you know, I know on the personal side, I think we work with about 30 plus different um, companies. And so we're going to take your, your coverage out to market to find, um, to shop the best rates and coverages and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, we do that on, on both the personal, again, and the commercial side. Whereas if you are um, a captive agent, as we call them, um, and, and that's, no, that's no shade at all. That's not a derogatory <laughs> term or anything like that. I promise it's not. It's an industry term. So um, that just means that you have one option typically um, 
you know, State Farm, they don't, they can't go to any other companies or anything like that because they are their own entity that they underwrite within the, within their company. So same for farmers, um, although they do have a, um, a brokerage arm apparently now. Um, and then, um, you know, uh, Am, Am Fam, American Family, you know, any of the others, um, by the way, yeah. I, I don't speak for any of these companies. So <laughs> let me just preface so, it by, you know, by saying I'm not a representative and I don't speak for them, but. Yeah, so it's like as an insurance broker, you're more like an insurance matchmaker, more or less. That's one way of putting it. We swipe right for you on your behalf. So <laughs> you should uh, make that your new that you should make that new your new tagline. That'd be good. Yeah, That'd be a good one. We swipe right on your behalf. That's right. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about what insurance actually does. So I think this is this is pretty obvious if we put this in the context of you know like car insurance, automobile yeah. insurance. We all know like why we have to have car insurance, but in the context of a small business. So I get this question all the time. I could answer this question. You're the guest. So I'll let you answer this question. Okay. If I have an LLC or if I have a contract, do I really need insurance? Absolutely. 100%. I mean, and I think that it's insurance is necessary, whether we're talking contracts or, you know, sole, you know, just um, sole proprietorship or, you know, LLC or whatever type of business you're dealing with. Um, you, you want to protect three different things. Um, and this is what insurance is designed to do all across the board. It's designed to protect your assets and property, um, protect you from liability, uh, you know, because depending on the type of business that you're doing. And you also want to protect your income, uh, especially if you are a business that, um, you know, where, where you could potentially, um, you know, have a loss of, of income due to a shutdown of any kind, you know, whether it be, you know, some kind of a, a peril or accident uh, let's say there's a fire or whatever you know, the case may be, you know, and you need to pick up your business and move somewhere else, or you need to pay, you know, loans or rent or whatever, you know, insurance is there to help you with, with all of that potentially. So depending on the type of insurance that um, is, is right for your business. So, you know, business, in, excuse me, insurance is there for, for those, you know, three reasons, um, mainly, again, to protect your assets and property, to uh, avail you of liability, and then to protect your income. Nice. Yeah, what, what I often tell people about LLCs and the same kind of concept applies to insurance is the objection I hear people say all the time is like, well, I don't really have any assets and I don't really have that much income. So like, why do I need this? And what I explain to people is that legal lawsuits, judgments, like if you get a judgment against you in a lawsuit, that can stick with you for years and years, like perhaps Absolutely. decades if people extend it. And so what that means is that you basically have someone waiting in the wings to get the money when you're going to make it. So even if you're not making money now, you plan to in the future, it's almost like student loan debt, right? Like you can get forbearance, you can put it on pause, but it's always going to be back there. Um, so that's why we got to protect ourselves from the outset. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you want to, and that goes to the liability portion of it, um, you know, obviously as well as the income too, you know, liability, you want to. Um, in the event that there is a, a claim or a demand or a suit, you want to have that protection in place because insurance is there, you know, not only to, um, you know, pay out on a, a claim necessarily, but also to defend you. So one of the things that's very important to remember, and I think you and I discussed this previously, is whether or not the policy is like a duty to defend policy. Um, and most insurance policies, you know, are, but you all check that, you know, it's a question you definitely want to ask your broker or your, your agent, hey, is this policy duty to defend? If I'm in a lawsuit or there's a demand or anything, is the, is the carrier required to step in 
and provide um, counsel, you know, or defense of, of any kind? If so, you know, how much, what are the limits of that? Um, you know, does, do those, um, do, does that fall within the limits of my liability? Are those limits outside of the liability, which we call defense outside the limits? Um, you know, those are just some important things that you really want to make sure that you, you ask your broker when we're talking about, you know, protection from lawsuits and, and claims and things like that, because it really does make the difference. I mean, as I was telling you in the very beginning, I mean, I processed those claims uh, for a very large carrier and back in the day. And, you know, I just, I witnessed firsthand, you know, how important it is to have that extended coverage because it could be the difference between, you know, settling and, and winning the case and making it go away or, you know, having it go on and on for years in trial, for example. So, um, you know, it, it is important to, to make sure that you understand what you're purchasing and the type of protection that you have in place by insurance when it comes to defense. Okay, so with that in mind, let's talk a little bit about the different types of insurance. So like I know okay. we have general liability insurance, we have professional liability insurance. Can mm -hmm. you tell me a little bit about that and what the difference is? Yeah, um, so general liability provides you with kind of three main things. And the main one being, um, excuse me, property damage. So typically, you know, if we're talking about, you know, general liability, we're, we're looking at a commercial policy for, you know, for business. And so that will cover, you know, the coverage for the, um, provide, excuse me, provide coverage for the commercial building, you know, including any perils uh, or losses such as fire, wind, hail, lightning, uh, other physical um, or structural damages. Uh, and even like civil commotion or riots, dam you know, damage that are caused by those things, um, as well as like vandalism, et cetera. Uh, in addition to that, you know, any bodily injury um, coverage, um, you know, if there's a slip and fall, classic slip and fall, you know, tourist cases, uh, oftentimes will defer to um, an, a business owner's general liability policy looking for, for claim payout, et cetera. Um, and then in the other option or item, excuse me, uh, of coverage is like per, what we call personal injury. And I know that sounds like, you know, in the legal world, we think personal injury, we hear personal injury and we think, oh, okay, well, you know, that's, that's someone who's, who's been hurt, you know, physically or whatnot. But actually that in the insurance world, that applies to like advertising, um, what we call advertising uh, loss or cop, um, which includes, you know, for example, if you were putting an, an ad out there and it was somehow, you know, either uh, or, or salacious or was, you know, if someone found it to be um, like an issue with copyright, you know, you, you used images or, um, or language or, you know, a song that was perhaps not, you know, not, um, not licensed properly, then you, you would have coverage in the pro uh, personal injury under that. Okay, so that's that covered, so that's actually interesting that you mentioned that yeah. because I've always known that general liability policies cover personal injury, and I've uh -huh. always thought of that exclusively in the context of how us attorneys use the word. So I always figured that a copyright violation would be actually be a professional liability thing, and that's not the case. Well, I mean, it it can. So here's the thing: some um, some of the policies kind of like fit within each other. So for example, like the general liabilities, those coverages are gonna be, you know, sort of already within a, a business owner policy um, with the exception of the fact that the bot will provide like business income coverage, you know? So it just depends on the type of policy. Like some of the coverages sort of um, are uniform across the board. So, 
Um, so yeah, so like personal injury is often found, I mean, you find that in homeowners, you find it in, you know, in a business policy, you find it, you know, kind of across the board, but that, that particular coverage does cover like, you know, like libel, slander, advertising, you know, um, a lot of times like copyright issues, you know, things like that. So, gotcha. um, but it's, it's a universal coverage, like a, a within, um, within the pol within various types of policies. So. Okay. So let's use an example. A lot of my say universal, people, but yeah, but you a know, lot it's, of, a, it's pretty standard coverage. A lot of my people are in uh, the different, like various different creative industries, right? Most mm -hmm. of them are not going to have any kind of commercial spaces. So mm -hmm. t going back to property damage, let's use a photographer, for example, because they have a lot of equipment. If their photography equipment gets damaged, does a general liability insurance cover that? Or do they need like some kind of property insurance? I'm sorry, say that again. Um, so if they're, if they're, if they damage their own equipment or if they damage someone else's equipment. If their own, let's say if their own equipment became damaged, you know, for whatever reason, it was left outside in the rain, like at an event, like they're at an event and they forgot to like pack it up and it starts raining, or maybe someone in a wedding, like, I don't know, steps on it, knocks it off a table, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, from a claim standpoint, it really just depends on um, sort of the circumstances. Like if there's an issue of like negligence kind of deal, like if they leave it out in the rain. <laughs> You know, there, there may be a challenge with that just because, you know, there is a duty of care that you, you have to um, sort of observe with your, with your, you know, property, et cetera. Like you can't just kind of leave things around and, and or, you know, break your own stuff, you know, um, and then expect coverage for it. Right. Right. Um, but if, if there is an issue where someone else damages your property, for example, and, and um, your, your camera equipment, et cetera, um, there's, there's a strong, strong possibility that that would be covered under uh, property damage. But again, it, it just kind of all depends on the circumstances, but you know, that would be, um, you know, that's, that's still, that's still business property. So, um, you know, you would, you would look for coverage under your, under your BOP or your, um, like your, um, probably not your, yeah, either your BOP or like your general or your yeah. commercial I've noticed policy. So, yeah. I've noticed you insurance brokers, you're a lot like attorneys and that you do not like to speak in definitives ever. At all. <laughs> At all. Well, because it's so, everything is so case by, I shouldn't say case by case. So they're the standard ISO forms, right? But then it depends on the type of um, like endorsements that you have. It depends on, you know, what, um, how, how the policy is underwritten. I mean, there's so many varying factors to that that it's, we, I mean, we'd be remiss to, to just yeah. sort of apply a, a well, broad sweeping brush. And I think, to, to I think one of the big, I think one of the big problems with insurance is that most business owners don't know what questions to ask. And a lot of insurance agents and insurance brokers don't really understand these people's business well enough yes. to be able to anticipate the questions. Yep. So if I am a graphic designer, or I'm a web designer or a business coach or whatever, and I go talk to an insurance broker, like, I want to ask them questions or I want to tell them, hey, I want to be covered in case, you know, someone breaks my camera. I want to be covered in this case. But as a non-legal professional, I'm not really thinking about all the ways in which I may need coverage. So how do I start to have this conversation with the insurance broker to make yeah. sure that I'm getting the coverage I need? Absolutely. Um, and that kind of brings me to, um, you know, some of the tips that I have for, you know, to observe when, when seeking out um commercial insurance or business insurance, you know, the 
first thing is to, uh, and there, there are five, I've got five tips. Do you, would you like for me to go through these now or do you want me to hold yeah, off on them yeah, until later? We'll start, okay. start with number one. Okay, all right, so <laughs> tip number one I have is, um, so first of all, you need to really know your risks and your potential exposures. So, you know, what are the common uh, risks in your industry? You know, what are, and what exposures do those create? So, you know, going back to knowing your industry. So if you're a photographer and you know that you're gonna have equipment you know, sort of in, in places, independent on the type of photography that you do, you know, if you're doing photography in, in sort of high impact spaces and, and, you know, populous spaces where there could be lots of damage, you know, you want to know, you want to be able to uh, communicate that with your broker and say, hey, this is the type of photography that I do. You know, there's potentially, you know, uh, there are lots of potential for this equipment to be broken, you know, and, and as such, you know, I, I have a high property damage exposure. And so, you know, what type of policy, like, would you recommend, you know? Um, so you want to make sure that you communicate um, with your broker, kind of like you, you communicated with me that potential risk of having, having a camera broken um, in, a, in a high impact area. Um, you know, a thorough risk assessment will really help you determine the best policy for you. So that, that kind of all is lumped into the first tip. Okay. Um, any questions about that? Does that? No, I think, I mean, I think, mo I mean, most people have a reasonable idea of, you know, like their own property, right? We'll serve after yeah. you do the five tips, we'll circle back to professional okay. liability. Cause I think that's where a lot of question marks linger for people. So we can okay. dive into that. Um, yeah. what's our tip number two? Um, tip number two is, you know, don't just go for the cheapest poly. I know that's a, that's kind of, you know, that, that's the natural inclination, but cheaper isn't always better. A lot of times, you know, it's cheaper because you have a really high deductible and there are coverages that aren't, that, that are missing, or, you know, it's, it may be with a non-admitted, what we call a non-admitted carrier, um, which is not necessarily a bad, a bad thing. You know, it's just, yeah, I, I won't go too much into that, but you know, it's, well, I mean, it's that's just, just a, that's just that's yeah. just like health insurance or any kind yeah. of car insurance. Like you buy really cheap health insurance, you know you're gonna have really high out-of-pocket costs if you have exactly. to use it. You get really cheap car insurance, you know, okay, all this is gonna cover is like the other person. Like like if I if yeah. my car gets damaged in this, I'm gonna be fucked because I'm paying thirty dollars a month for insurance. Right, right. And there's great non-admitted carriers, don't get me wrong. You know, just like there are some admitted carriers that, you know, maybe aren't the best fit for. Uh, for someone, but, you know, really ask those questions and determine whether or not, you know, that policy is best for you, not just based on, on the premium again, because there are different factors within that. So sorry to be kind of like fudgy, but I, I, I want to make sure that the, that, you know, your, your, uh, your clients and, and listeners out there know that they have options and, and yeah. that they shouldn't just go with the cheapest thing just because of the price tag. So um, the other thing is sort of review and adjust your coverages. This is once you are insured, um, review and adjust your coverages as you grow. So, you know, with, if, you, as you receive, um, you know, sort of more or kind of, kind of gain a wider, um, you know, I shouldn't client say base. audience, but yeah, yeah, either, you know, client base or as you have more employees purchase or acquire more property. You know, make sure that you review your uh, your coverage and understand how your how your coverage needs have changed potentially. So, okay, so know. that's review review and adjust your coverage. That's tip number three, right? Tip number three. Yep. Sorry. So, tip number three. 
what I'll often tell people is anytime you decide to create, like in the online space, we call it a new offer, right? So uh-huh. once you decide to offer something new to your clients, you introduce like a new package, um, a higher level of service, like you should go talk to your insurance agent about that. Absolutely. Anytime you hire new employees, new contractors, go talk to your insurance agent about that. And then also I like to give people like kind of revenue milestones. Frankly, they're like pretty arbitrary, but if you get your insurance, when you're making $30,000, let's maybe check in like every 20 to $30,000 more we're adding to our business and revenue. So that could look like every six months to every year. Does that sound about right to you? I agree with that. Yeah. I I think you should really, you know, I mean, an annual checkup is great, but I mean, it, it really should be based more on like revenue growth, you know, changes to your, um, to your assets and property, you know, employee growth. I mean, there really should be a review, you know, anytime you make a major change to your business um, or at least let, give your, give your broker a heads up um, because that they, they will be able to kind of let you know whether or not a change is necessary or needed to your, um, your coverages. So. Yeah. And um, for, for context for everyone, I know, like, I think I talk to a lot of people and they're always hesitant to reach out to their insurance broker <laughs> Or their insurance agent because they're like, oh, well, they might raise my insurance policy and like they, they might raise my price. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, yes, they might raise your price. But the reason why they have to raise your price is because now you're doing new things that you need to be covered for. So mm-hmm. when you go to get like when people go to get their insurance, I know you probably have a fancy name for this, but I fill out my form where I disclose all the things I'm doing in my business. And then if you don't update that and tell them the new things that you're doing, those things are not covered. So that's the reason why we check in regularly, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we don't have a, a especially fancy name for it. just a new business questionnaire or, um, you know, if we're getting started and then just kind of a follow up, you know, a, a policy review. Um, but it, it is definitely important, you know, because even I, what I tell people is, you know, pay, do you want to pay you know, a couple hundred dollars or, you know, whatever it is, a thousand dollars, you know, more like now to have, you know, a million plus dollars of you know, coverage that can completely handle any, any, you know, potential claims or liability down the road, you know, it's, it's a matter of, of kind of how you want to balance the risk. Some people are willing to take the risk. Some people are willing to say, you know, I don't want to pay $200 more in premium, you know, a year, I'll take the risk. I'm, I'm you know, I'm fine. Yeah. But we, but it's up to us. It's my job as the broker to say, to, uh, to inform you of the risk and say, Hey, you know, here's what could potentially happen if you don't have this coverage. Um, Because I have to sign off on that. Because if we ever come to, you know, a a claim or a a suit or anything, you know, it's it's important to me to avail myself of liability and say, hey, I I at least informed you. So, yeah, one of my one of my favorite Peloton instructors, Dennis Morgan. Everyone Uh would take his classes. He's great. He tells people all the time in his in his classes when it comes to like resistance training, you know, cadence, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. He says, I make suggestions so you can make decisions. And that's what I tell my students all the time too. Like, I'm going to tell you what your legal risks are. I'm going to suggest what you should do, but you take that information and you decide for yourself what you want to do. So it's a great mantra. All right. What is our uh, tip number four? Okay. Tip number four. Um, Let's see. Read and review your policy. When reading and reviewing your policies, you know, make sure that you um, pay close attention to uh, your exclusions as well as your definitions. I tell people, you know, go to the exclusions and find out what's not covered. <laughs> because okay. from there, you can really figure out where you need to fill in the holes with endorsements or additional coverages um, that may not be a part of the standard 
policy being issued for that line of business. So, you know, if you are, um, let's say, gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, well, give us, can you give us an example of something that might be excluded under a policy? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, that, and that's kind of what I'm, that's, that's what I'm, I'm thinking about now. So like, for example, if you purchase a, a business owner policy and you're expecting coverage for loss of, you know, business income due to a pandemic, well, that's almost always exclusively, you know, not covered. Yeah. <laughs> like explicitly that, not covered. Was, you know? was that always an exclusion pre-COVID or has it been added to insurance policies post-COVID? You know, I, I didn't, I didn't review every policy sort of pre-COVID and to know, but, um, yeah. you know, I can almost say that that was, they already had that pretty much the case. Yeah. They already, they already had that like excluded, you know, and okay, there, was so, sep there was separate coverage that you probably could purchase, but now that yeah. you were in a pandemic, the chances are good that that's not available anymore. So, yeah. You so know. you mentioned to look at the exclusions and the definitions and then potentially get endorsements if you may need them. What are, yes. I don't, I don't even know what endorsements are. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. um, so an endorsement is just uh, an additional coverage that's added onto the policy. Um, you know, that, that wasn't there previously or wasn't part of the standard um, like ISO form or, you know, policy that the, the carrier issued for that line of, of coverage or business. Um, so for um, like, you know, if you have a BOP, for example, um, you know, it's typically not going to include like EPLI, which is employment liability practices or, okay. um, you know, Key, key person insurance, that's probably a different, um, that's I, actually, that's a whole separate policy. Um, and then uh, I actually have a really good example. Hold on. You also you also keep saying BOP, which sounds way more fun than I think it probably oh, yeah. is. That's, that's business owner policy. <laughs> business owner policy, yes. <laughs> all right, you okay, know, cool. Not, not the kind of BOP you hear on the radio. <laughs> no, that's all right though. We'll, take, we'll take that acronym. Yeah, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, those are just a couple of things that, you know, um, like UCLI. Okay. Um, so essentially, like, essentially you're going to look at the policy, you're going to find the section for exclusions, and then I'm going to read through that and I'm going to say, all right, this is excluded. This is excluded. Fine, fine, fine. Mm -hmm. Point number three is excluded. And I'm thinking to myself, well, shit, I really do want to be covered for that. I'm going to ask them for an endorsement, which from Absolutely. my perspective is like, they're trying to upsell me on all this shit, but you know, it's, you kind of decide all a cart what you want to be covered for basically. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think upsells is, you know, a part of every business. Yeah, it makes me sound a little cheap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, yeah, you're just I'm the, kidding. you're just the broker, right? They're the yeah. ones that decide what's in the policy. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it really just does depend on the type of business that you have, you know, and, and making sure that the policy is specifically crafted to you know, to that business and, and protecting you from, again, any, any um, losses um, right. of property or bodily injury or, or you know, liability, anything like that. Um, but also too, like if you have, um, if you have a vehicle that you're using that you specifically for business, you know, you want to make sure that you add a commercial auto, um, either, you know, separate policy or endorsement there, um, you know, products liability sometimes comes with general, um, like a general liability policy, you know, as an endorsement. I mean, these are things that you want to just ask about, you know, um, if you know that you're distributing um, products, you want to make sure that you have um, products liability coverage, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, it just, you going through the endorsements 
or excuse me, going through the exclusions and knowing what's not there you know, and what's not covered, you know, can help you again, sort of fill in the gaps, but. Okay, awesome. That's super helpful. All right. So okay. what is tip number five? Um, tip number five is shop around. I typically say, don't just go with the first quote you get. Uh, really ask what your options are, um, whether that be, you know, coverage wise or premium wise, or, you know, even some of the, there's some really great add-ons or um, sort of ancillary um, coverages that come along with various products. I mean, I think there's one, there are a few carriers that do like a three-year rate lock. So your rate doesn't change, you know, every every year or whatnot, you know, if you really kind of want that set rate, you know, that there are all sorts of things that, you know, are important to various people in terms of insurance. And you want to make sure that you are shopping around to see what the, what your options are and that you really get what you want. So um, I, the first, one of the first questions I actually start with whenever I'm interviewing someone for um, like our, our new business question questionnaire to see if, you know, if we're a fit for them to get insurance or shop with them for insurance is what's important to you in your next insurance policy, you know, uh, and, and or your next insurance broker, like what's really important to you. Some people say, oh, it's premium. Some people say, well, I want to make sure that I have, you know, a risk management um, program through the, through the insurance carrier that will provide me with, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, all these different yeah. things that the risk come along with the risk management program, um, you know, or, you know, I just want to make sure that, you know, someone is uh, going to cover XYZ in the event of a claim, you know, there are all sorts of things. And so make sure that you really express what you're looking for um, in your, in your insurance coverage, and then shop around for, to make sure that you're getting that, you know, obviously within your price range, but then, you know, to um, that it's the policy sort of covering everything that you need. So, yeah, so shop around, don't necessarily just go with the first option. You know, you have, you have many out there, especially if you work with a broker. Beautiful. Okay. So those five tips were great. I am now, <laughs> as you know, Carnez, I'm now making reels and TikTok videos to promote every podcast. I did so, see that. Yeah. Those <laughs> five tips, those five tips are going to make a really good reel for me. I don't even have to think of it. You already created the list. So that'll be awesome. You did mention, you mentioned employment at some point. So I have a question. I don't know how familiar you are with the California AB5 law. Have you heard of it? Oof. Um, I'll, this is something I will look into. I'm, well, sure I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not testing you on it. I'll give you, I'll give you the brief rundown, but basically, um, all it is, is it's, it's an employment classification law. So it shifts the burden mm -hmm. of proof on who's deemed an employee or a co independent contractor in mm -hmm. the state of California. It's very scary law, which basically is reclassifying. California. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of contractors to employees. And okay. my question for you is, as this becomes like an emerging legal concern for businesses all mm -hmm. over the country, is that even something that any insurance policy covers? Like you have a contractor that sues you that says you need to, they should have been an employee. They go talk to an employment attorney. Does insurance help with that? I know I'm putting you, you know, on the spot. No, that's, no, that's okay. I mean, that's a good question to, to look into. I honestly don't know the answer right off the spot, um, right on the spot, but um, you know, typically with like EPLI coverages and professional liability coverages, you know, defense goes beyond just like what is, um, you know, it, it, it spans to sort of claims and demands and notices of, of you know, of like a potential loss as well. So, uh -huh. I mean, the insurance company will would likely 
like work with you to um, find whether there wasn't any liability there on your end, if that makes sense, yeah. you know, because especially if it's a duty to defend, I mean, they want to make sure that they're, they're prepping you for what may be coming. So if it is, if, if there is a potential loss down the road, I mean, that's something that a, you'll want to make, I would, I would always say, you know, if you think it's going to be an issue at some point, kick it over to the carrier and, and see if they'll, you know, provide some either insight, guidance, defense, um, because a lot of the, especially professional liability policies and, and um, EPL, EPL or EPLI policies uh, provide coverage for like subpoenas um, and, you know, regulatory inquiries, things like that. And those may even be subject to no deductible. So, okay. um, yeah. What, so does, I, I, what does EPL mean? Uh, employment practices liability. Okay. Is that, yeah, and is that, is that the same thing as professional liability or is that something different? That's a, that's a different, um, that's a different coverage. <laughs> okay. So employment, that's basically when you are an employer of someone. Is yes. So if you, yeah, if you have one, if you have one employee, I mean, I, I highly recommend, you know, getting EPL. Um, it's, you, you just never know. Um, yeah. Someone could come back and, and file a claim for anything. So you definitely want to make sure you have that coverage. Um, and of then, course that's separate from workers' comp insurance. Yeah. It is separate from workers' comp. That's a whole separate policy. Right? Yeah. Okay. Which, and would one insurance company typically be able to get you all of those things like EPL, professional liability, general liability, and workers' comp? Um, you know, that's most of the carriers I believe provide an option for for those, but you know, with workers' comp a lot of times, um, it just depends. Uh, because some states are, uh, they offer like their own, like what they call like accident fund. And so mm -hmm. you would, you would go, you know, some, some states require you kind of like go through the state. So it, it just depends on like what state you're in, um, okay. as to whether or not that's provided like on a private level versus like a state or a monopolized, um, you know, entity. Yeah. And so, I know here in California, like workers comp is legally required anytime you have employees. I'm pretty sure that's nationwide, not positive, pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely look into that if you have employees, yeah. let's Absolutely. talk a little bit about professional liabilities. Cause we've kind of touched on it, but mm -hmm. specifically what's, we already discussed general liability insurance policies. What exactly is a professional liability policy? Yeah. Professional liability, you know, covers you in for any type of, um, like negligence, misrepresentation or inaccurate information in the scope of your, um, of your business or the work, the work that you do, um, most oftentimes it's associated with, uh, like if you if you have to have a license to to practice, if you're an attorney, an accountant, if you're you know a nail technician that requires a license, if you are, you know, um, typically the the kind of the um, yeah lines of business that require some sort of like licensing with like the state. You know, or something but like see, that. I like I often call professional liability like the "oops, I fucked up" insurance policy. <laughs> you know, yeah, like for But let's say you're like a an example I always give, which is a really far out example that would probably never, like, probably never happen. But let's roll with it. Is like you're a wedding planner and you forget to sign a contract or like book something with the wedding venue, and now the venue is like booked with another client, and now your client wants to sue you for the mistake that you made, does a professional, like my understanding is that professional liability insurance policy would cover that type of thing. Although a wedding planner is not typically a professional, like, like they don't have a professional license, like those other. Yeah. That, 
I mean, that that's true. I mean, even as a, as a wedding planner, I mean, I, and I say typically, but, you know, even as like a wedding planner, if you're a cake maker, or, you know, whatever the case may be, you want to, you still want to have some kind of E&O, you know, um, and, and that's where like the negligence or misrepresentation or whatever. So in that case, like, I guess that would be kind of considered like a negligence, like you, you fail to, to, yeah. you know, book the venue on the day or fail to, you know, uh, sort of, uh, book everything. Um, and now, and now you, you kind of like fucked up. And so <laughs> there's a liability there, but you know, so that's, you called, that'll be there. You call yeah. that an ENO. So it's errors and omissions is errors and omissions and professional liability. Are those the same thing? Or are they in insurance land? Are they two different things? They're fairly synonymous. Yeah. They're fairly okay. synonymous. I mean, some there, you can use them sort of interchangeably, ENO and professional liability. So. Okay. That's um, what, that's that what I thought. That's good. Yeah. Cause that's what I've, been doing so i'm glad i'm yeah you can sort of one. you can sort of use them interchangeably i mean I, again i think the professional liability is kind of more for if you have like a professional license and then you know being you know if you are a business owner or providing a service to um like a commercial service of, yeah. of sorts so, so i think this is all starting to take shape for me as well because my okay. like my understanding has always been that if you just go get an insurance policy with like very little investigation and very mm -hmm. little talk with the actual insurance person, they're going to give you a general liability insurance policy and that professional liability or ENO is an add-on, or this is what I've been told in the past. So my question for you would be, if you don't specifically ask for professional liability, is that something that's going to be ex included in your exclusions on your general liability insurance? And then do you have to like ask to add that on then? I mean, it's, it's definitely an add-on. It's not going to come with your general liability policy, you know, um, and, and more specifically, you want to have that coverage because it covers you in the scope of your, of the work that you're doing, the service that you're providing, um, yeah. you know, whereas general liability, you know, that's just going to cover, you know, um, kind of your like, um, like property damage or, you know, personal injury things. Um, you know, bodily injury, et cetera, but you really want something that's going to cover you for, you know, excuse me, like whether or not you fucked up for whatever professional, specific professional service you're providing. So, yeah, you know, and general liability is typically not going to, co to cover that. You want to have professional liability insurance for the specific scope of work that you, you are doing. Um, I mean, and if you, but if you have, if you have a GL, um, you know, that could be an add-on for you. So, professional liability could be an add-on for you. Okay. If and the, the reason, the reason why I really like to kind of hammer home on this point is my mm -hmm. opinion, and you can tell me whether you agree with this or not, is that a lot of the people that I work with, their professional liability aspect and the Arizona emissions aspect is actually the more important part. Cause yes. a lot of these people, mm -hmm. like we're doing almost all of our work nowadays, like via zoom, obviously, if you're in the wedding industry, you're going to be live at events. But for those of you that are like web designers, graphic designers, you may never even meet your client. Like the risk of personal injury is very low. Those of us who are on the online course space, like I am, we're all in the information business. So we're really just providing information. So lots of opportunity to give people bad advice, not a lot of opportunity to necessarily physically injure someone. So is it possible to get just the professional liability insurance policy? Okay. I always Absolutely. thought for some reason that like, it was just like an add on to general liability. I didn't think you could get it as this, like a standalone thing, but you can. Yeah, you can get standalone professional liability um, insurance. I mean, there, I mean, I, so I know, sorry, yeah. apologies for interrupting. Okay. I know like as an attorney, I know that like malpractice insurance, that's professional liability insurance. 
So I guess I understood it from that context. If you're a doctor, obviously you're going to have medical malpractice insurance, right? Um, But as these other professionals who don't have, I'll differentiate and say those are professional liability policies. If you're someone who just needs errors and emissions, you can get that on its own as well. Well, so there, there are the industry, you know, obviously the industry specific um, professional liability policies, you know, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're an accountant, et cetera, but then there are miscellaneous professional liability policies that will cover you for the specific line of business that you are in. So, you know, if you are, um, I actually just wrote, I did one for a friend and he is an author and a public speaker. And so, and I think I was telling you about him, Um, he does, he speaks out against, um, uh, conversion therapy programs, you know, LGBTQ uh, conversion therapy programs. Well, you know, since he's an author of a book, you know, putting uh, content out there online as well as published content and speaking on uh, various topics, you know, we wanted to, uh, he he was able to, you know, get some coverage or needed some coverage uh, for the content that he was producing. So, uh, we were able to get him um, kind of a, a miscellaneous professional liability policy through one of the carriers for, you know, just his, his um, authoring and public speaking and, and, you know, coaching, like life coaching and everything. So, uh, which was, you know, essentially a miscellaneous professional liability policy. So that there is that available. Okay. So good to know for sure. Mm-hmm. My last kind of topic area I want to go over with you is, and I, this is going to be a very, very hard one, I know, but it's cost okay. estimates, right? And everything yeah. varies, I know by industry, but do you have like any insight for us around like what people should be looking for? Like you mentioned earlier, don't go for the cheapest policy. So what's, what's the cheapest policy usually run? Well, and I shouldn't say don't, don't just go for it. I think I, let me preface that or, or amend that statement by saying, don't just go for the cheapest policy. Because the cheap, the lower end policy, you know, depending on the coverages and the carrier, may may actually be the best for you. It just really depends, you know. But don't just don't just go for the cheapest thing that you see to to fit the budget, you know. Like make yeah. sure it's it's a, a decent policy for you. So uh, let me amend that um, that statement. But then also too, I mean, it really just depends on your line of of um, business or you know the, the services that you're providing. Um, you know, you're part of the country. I mean, the carrier that you go with, I mean, there are all sorts of factors that go into it. And so it really is hard, hard to pin down an actual like, um, like price range. But I will say, I mean, you can expect to suspend, you know, or your, 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 um, your students and your, um, your customers can expect to spend perhaps something just south of, you know, a thousand dollars. Or perhaps you know just slightly over. I mean, I, I would probably budget. I tell people to budget about a thousand dollars for that. Okay. You know, I mean that's that I, sounds I, I, about right. So that's uh, yeah. roughly eighty three dollars a month, from yep. what I found, because I help people with their taxes. So yeah, I see their I see their bookkeeping, and I see a lot of I've seen as low as thirty dollars a month, but the average, oh, really? yeah, the average tends to be between fifty and seventy dollars a month. Okay. But I would imagine that a lot of those people probably are not paying for both general liability and ENO insurance. Okay. So, I mean, I would say like 80 to $120 a month, just like rough ballpark, have that in mind when you go, when you go talk to someone, obviously I have no idea how much physicians pay that I (laughs) would, but I would guess like theirs is probably over a thousand a month, probably a lot, lot more than that. Quite a bit more attorneys as well. Attorneys can pay some big bucks for, um, you know, insurance or professional liability insurance. 
it gets really pricey. I actually sold that for um, for a good long while. That was my like specific vertical at uh-huh. a different brokerage, and it it can get really pricey depending depending on the practice area. Um, you know, if you're doing um, like work comp law, I remember that work comp or criminal defense. That's like, like kind of lower, you know, end of the spectrum mm-hmm. in terms of premium. But then if you're doing like you know like personal injury, or if you're doing like bankruptcy, or you know. Um, some, some of the like financial litigation or mergers and acquisitions, it can get really, you know, get pretty high. So especially if it's a multi-person firm. So it, it just really depends. Um, but yeah, and, and again, kind of like it all goes back to like what's, you know, what your practice area is, what state you're in, you know, um, many different um, many different factors, whether or not you want a low deductible, high deductible, um, you know, add-ons, any add-ons. But you can, I mean, I, I tell people as well, I mean, if you don't have property, um, you know, or, or, I mean, if you're going to other, someone else's property, you know, quite a bit or going out to other um, places and, and maybe using, you know, other people's equipment, you know, definitely look at some, you know, property damage, damage coverage. But if you're just, you know, kind of online remote and you don't have any sort of property liability, you know, that's something that you want to discuss with your broker and say, is this something that I really need? So okay, just at, at least ask the question. So, all right. So last question for you, if people want to work with you to get their insurance dialed in, how should they reach out to you? Where should they contact you? Yeah. Um, so I can give you my, um, actually I'll give you my work number and you guys are more than welcome to, or, or should I just give you my, um, what, what will be best? Do you, uh, uh, email? Yeah, probably, probably email would be best. Email? We'll put, okay. we'll put your email and your phone number in our show notes, but if you want to give okay. people your email here on the podcast, if they want to write it down real quick, that probably, yeah, let me give you guys my email. Um, so it is Carnez that's C A R N E Z dot Williams last name, uh, W I L L I A M S at I M A corp dot com that's c-a-r-n-e-z dot w-i-l-l-i-a-m-s uh at i-m-a dot c-o-r-p dot com okay and then sorry final final question uh i always share with people as you all know my facebook group is called braden's besties Carnes, i believe you are a member make sure you go <laughs> join so you can be besties with me but if people want to be besties with you Carnes. can they go follow you anywhere i know that you have a business instagram now do you want to yes. send people there Yes, please go and follow my business Instagram. It is uh, at uh, carnezinsurerskc.com. So my first name and then insures, I-N-S-U-R-E-S-K-C. It's okay, awesome. Insurance. And then yeah. I'll also encourage everyone, if you don't mind, I'll encourage everyone, if you want, you can tag Carnez in my Facebook group if you want to contact him there as well. Uh, maybe we'll um, ping you to answer some insurance questions. That would be fun. But- yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was awesome and very informative. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and you having me on the show today. I had a great time. Thank you. Later. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hey there. Before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.